Welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk up the children's books we love. My name is Jody Lima, and on this twice-monthly podcast, hosted on the first and third Monday of each month, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts about their own favorite children's books. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Crystal Maldonado, and we're going to be talking about her debut YA novel, Fat Chance Charlie Vega, as well as what the experience has been like having that first novel come out. Uh, We're also going to be talking about her favorite book, which is the picture book Corduroy by Don Freeman. Uh, But first, I I know I usually start with a poem, uh, but this time I wanted to start by mentioning that this podcast is my 100th episode. Uh, When I first started this podcast in 2016, I don't know if I ever thought I would get to 100 episodes. Honestly, I don't know if I even imagined I would get to 10. I'd never done a podcast before this one. I never actually even participated in one. And anyone who knows me has probably wondered why I even started in the first place. And that's because I am and have always been an introvert. Not just kind of an introvert, but a real, I would rather be anywhere else but here kind of introvert. But for some reason, doing this works for me in a way I cannot begin to explain and perhaps I shouldn't either. But what matters most, though, is that I've had a chance to talk to a lot of others who have dedicated themselves in one way or another uh, to books for kids, and I've had a chance to talk books with them, which means part of my job is to read books, new books and old books, and I have to say that is a pretty good job to have. Um, And it's been really interesting talking to all these people as well. I hope I've grown as a podcaster and continue to do so, and I hope that whoever is listening keeps checking in once in a while to see what's going on here for however long I keep this going. All of which is to say, thank you for listening. My guest today is Crystal Maldonado an author whose debut YA novel, Fat Chance Charlie Vega, was just released this past February. You can find her website at www.crystalwrote.com. Thank you for joining me today, Crystal. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, As I mentioned, you have this uh, debut uh, novel uh, that just came out, which I had a chance to read, I have to say, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, So for those who haven't had a chance to pick up the book yet, can you talk a little bit of what this book is about? Yeah, of course. Well, first, thank you so much for reading it. That's so exciting. So the book itself, my little elevator pitch, I like to say it's about a 16-year-old girl named Charlie. She is fat, Puerto Rican, and she is desperately looking for love. (laughs) She's never been kissed, and God, does she want that. (laughs) So we kind of follow her on her journey to fall in love and We get to meet all these wonderful characters in her life. We meet her mom and how they kind of have this back and forth that is sometimes a little difficult. We meet her very wonderful best friend, Amelia, that Charlie sometimes feels a little jealous of. And we meet this whole cast of characters in her high school, including a friend of hers that she works with named Brian, who she develops a little bit of a crush on. And where did this, um, the, the original sort of story come uh, from where was the sort of genesis of this uh, novel idea? So I really love love stories just in general. 
And so I really wanted to write one that featured a character that kind of looked like me when I was in high school because I had consumed so many of these love stories and these romance novels and these young adult novels. And I felt like I never really got to see anybody who looked like me as that main character. So the love story between Charlie and Brian is actually very loosely based on how my husband and I met when we were in high school. So it has kind of a nice, like a little personal touch. And I wanted Charlie to be this person that kind of anybody could relate to. I mean, we've all had our own fair share of insecurities and we all know that feeling well when we're in high school. And so I wanted to showcase her as this this main character who doesn't need to lose weight. She doesn't really need to change. And in fact, she just kind of needs to learn how to love herself. And we get to see someone else love her too. Now, this has been out since February. I don't know if you've had a, a chance yet to get some feedback from uh, readers or other people on uh, you know what they felt or how they've related to this character. Yeah, so I have been really fortunate to hear from folks so far, mostly good stuff, which is a relief, honestly. <laughs> so um, as you know, the book deals with kind of a lot of themes. There's complicated families, there's some strong female friendships, but really it deals with a lot of like body and self-image. So I've heard from you know, adult readers who have read it and who have very sweetly said that they wish they had read a story like this when they were in high school. And that has been so meaningful because honestly, that's a big part of why I wrote it is because I wished I had known about these, you know, lessons and, and really appreciated my body and what I looked like when I was in high school. It took me a really long time, you know, <laughs> until I was in my thirties to kind of get there. So that has been really wonderful. And then um, from like teenage readers, one of the best compliments I feel like I've gotten has been that this feels true to the teen experience, which as a 32-year-old, I can think of no higher compliment, honestly. <laughs> and how, how do you do that? Um, I've never tried to write YA uh, myself. So how do you go back and try to, you know think, what was it like when I was in here? Or what is it like to be a teen uh, now? Do you have to put yourself in a certain frame of mind? Or is it just sort of thinking, trying to think back? Or how do you get that particular voice right? It's kind of, for me, a mix of all of those things. So I have the fortune of, with my day job, I work with college students. So they're not too far off from teenagers. And in fact, some of them still are. <laughs> So I, you know, getting to work with them every day keeps me, you know, on, I guess keeps me relevant, I'll say, <laughs> in some ways. They are not afraid to tell me what I'm talking about, you know, a celebrity and they're like, God, I don't even know who that is or I don't even understand that reference. So that that helps. Um, but then a big part of it is um, putting myself back in that mindset of, what I felt like when I was in high school. So I do that kind of by listening to a lot of the music that I liked when I was, you know, around 16. You know, music has this amazing way, for better or worse, of taking you back to exactly where you were when you <laughs> were listening to it. Oh, yes. And yeah. so, yeah, it helps kind of drum those feelings up. And all of a sudden, I'm really just emotional again. And I just, I'm thinking about my first crushes. And um, yeah, and then I kind of channel that into into a story. And, and, and emotions and teenagers go hand in hand. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and I do think there's parts of us that kind of never grow out of who we were when we were teenagers. I mean, obviously we mature, we change, we learn a lot, but we there's also still like a part of us, I think, that can very much remember all of those like first feelings, right? Like the excitement and the fear and the thrill, like all of those just like big, big emotions. Um, and so I, I really like writing YA for, for that reason is when you're a teenager, you feel absolutely everything with like your whole heart. And, <laughs> and sometimes it's wonderful. And sometimes that's really, really stressful. Mm -hmm. Is there a part of the book you could share with us? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so this is deep into the book. So we're all the way in chapter 50. Um, and so Charlie's been through quite a bit by now, but she's really coming into her own. So this is chapter 50, page 321. It takes time to process everything, but I find myself realizing I just need to let it go. All of it. I've got to shake these feelings of inferiority. I can't be Amelia, nor do I want to, at least not anymore. I want to be Charlie, unapologetically Charlie. Shoulders back, head held up high, fat, beautiful body and all. Shedding those thoughts leaves me feeling lighter than I have ever felt before. Finally. So that's a little piece of, of chapter 50 and we get to meet Charlie. <laughs> And to hear her voice, you know, and, and, yeah. and it really, and I think that's so important you know, to get the, you know, to, to get the voice right, somebody you can relate to and, and want to spend time with. Yeah, I really tried to make Charlie a character that people could feel like they were friends with, um, especially because some of the things she goes through as a fat teenager, you know, not everybody has that same experience. But you can relate to a friend going through something so much more than when it's a stranger trying to tell you something, right? So we get to watch Charlie, you know, try to go shopping with her best friend Amelia. And we see her struggle. Like, she can't fit into anything in the, in the store that they go to. Um, and she, we see her in the hallways in her classroom. And, you know, how sometimes maybe some people make some snarky comments. And so I really wanted to make this character that even if you didn't have a lot in common with her, you still really feel for her. And I was hopeful that maybe this book would inspire kind of some, just some empathy for other people and kind of their experiences and what they're going through. Now, this is, as I mentioned, this is your, your debut novel. And I'm just wondering, what is that experience been like, you know, to, you know your, your first novel getting published and seeing it out there and, and knowing people are reading? I don't know. How has how's that felt? God, it's been so surreal, I have to say. <laughs> so I never imagined that the book would be published. It was something I kind of wrote hoping that maybe someday it might see the light of day, but I, I just didn't know. And so having that kind of come to realization, getting to hold the book in my hand, seeing it in stores, and then hearing from people who have read it has just been more than I could have ever, I think, imagined. And so I'm debuting during a pandemic. So it's been different from what I hear than what, <laughs> what normally happens. But I have the fortune of like not knowing, right? Because I've never had a book before. So 
everything just feels exciting and new to me. And I've tried to find ways to celebrate, um, even though we're all kind of stuck in our houses still. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's been an adjustment, I think, for, uh, for many people and, and whatever that's going on, to, but certainly for a lot of uh, authors, in particular debut authors. Uh, and uh, apart from this, are you working on any other upcoming projects? Yes, I actually am. I'm working on another YA book um, that's slated to come out in 2022. So this features a character who is also a fat brown girl, um, but she's much different than Charlie. She's kind of tough and she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve as much. And she's just really obsessed with Instagram and wants to so badly to become one of those Instagram influencers. Yeah, and is is failing spectacularly. And so she decides one day, you know what, she's just going to steal her friend's pictures and she's going to post as if she's that friend and maybe start catfishing some people. So it ends up being a story that's really about, you know, our obsessions with social media and what's real versus what's not so real. And I, I personally can relate to that quite a bit. So I'm hoping others can too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, definitely a very, very topical uh, thing and, and not something that's going to go away anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, this is another YA novel as well? It is, yeah. Okay. Uh, look forward to it. Thank you. Now, the book you picked as uh, one of your own particular favorite uh, children's books is a picture book called Corduroy, uh, which was written by Don Freeman. And uh, this was published in 1968. And uh, for readers who either haven't had a chance to read this or maybe it's been a long time since they picked up a copy of it, you just talk a little bit of what that book is about. I would love to, because this is absolutely one of my favorite books. And I, it was one of the first ones I bought when I was pregnant with my daughter, because I was like, I have to read this to her. This has to be on her shelf. So Corduroy is this story of this adorable brown teddy bear um, who lives in a department store. And so one day there's this girl, her name is Lisa. She's shopping with her mom. They're having a great time. And then she comes into the department store and she sees Corduroy and she really, really wants him. And her mom kind of says, you know, we've spent a lot today, maybe not today. And the reason she gives is that he's got a missing button on his little green overalls. And so this kind of inspires Corduroy to go on an adventure throughout the department store to find that missing button and try to, you know, make himself whole and make it so that people want to buy him when they see him on that shelf. And it ends up being such just a sweet, sweet story because, spoiler alert, they come back, the little girl and her mom, um, with some money from the little girl's piggy bank, and he ends up getting to go home and have a new friend. And you mentioned you, you you bought this to read to your own child. Did you? Was it a book you grew up with as well? Is that when you first encountered it, or was it la later on you encountered it? You know, the first time I think I read this was when I was probably in like first grade or second grade, and I loved it so much. So it was just the sweetest story, and I was I was one of those kids who was just beyond obsessed with stuffed animals. So that alone was enough to sell me on this. Then I was fascinated by this idea that 
like your stuffed animals might have feelings and then might go on their own adventures. So that was just incredible. I was like, what a teddy bear that comes to life. That's amazing. (laughs) What struck me is that I'm reading this book. It's been a while since I read it. It's not entirely clear uh, with other characters if he's alive or if he's a toy. You know, it could be read either way. And I thought Mm -hmm. this is kind of how kids think about toys, too. They're both they're objects they play with, but they're alive at the same time. And there's no contradiction there. Right. Both things are true. Right. So this is somehow a bear who goes on an adventure and is able to communicate with the little girl, Lisa, but also you kind of believe it, right? Because it could all be in her head. (laughs) I don't know. It just seems very fantastical to me as a kid. And I was like, my teddy bears totally go on adventures like this. And there is a lot of story in this very short book. There's there's this drama of not being picked up. There's a search for a button. There's a, kind of a mystery, you know, and a bit of a thriller with, you know, is he going to be caught or not? I was surprised just how much story there is in this short little book. Right. It is. It's a very small book, but a lot happens. And Corduroy goes through kind of a lot. Like there's a big emotional journey for you know, a, a picture book. And I I loved that. There's a little bit of mystery. There's some thrill. And then I feel like the ending ends up being so just heartwarming. And so it's one I like a book I love to come back over and over again. And I have to say, one of the first things that struck me when I first read this was that Lisa and her mom were um, are black characters. So when I was little... I read a lot. I went to the library a lot with my grandma um, and my aunt, and I didn't see a lot of books that had brown or black characters in them. And so this was one of the first ones. And so I'm Puerto Rican. I'm not black, but I was like, whoa, brown people in a book. (laughs) And so that felt like such a really big deal to me. And so I think that's part of why I have such a soft spot for this book too, is that this, I mean, this was written in what you said, 1968. Yeah. 1968. Yeah. There's some incredible representation in here. It's very casual. It's just, you know, about this, this girl going shopping with her mom and and they're going to buy a teddy bear or not. And and but then they end up being these characters that like I've really resonated with. Like I I was just fascinated. It's a very specific character, but it's also a universal story at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say I also really connected with this mom and daughter going shopping. So when I was little, and actually still to this day, my grandma and I would have these like epic day-long shopping trips where we'd go to the mall and we would spend a really long time going in and out of stores um, and window shopping and maybe getting a thing or two here and there. And so I loved that. I was like, oh, this is a girl going shopping with her mom. I know that feeling. You're dead tired by the end of the day (laughs) and you've spent too much and yet you still, there's still something you kind of want. And I loved that. And I, I still keep that tradition up with my grandma. We we will take the day off from work and then we'll just go shopping all day. It's fun. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of a small little detail, but it's kind of nice that the, the mother remembers that the daughter wants to go back to this very same bear as well. 
Yeah, it just, I know there isn't, there's not a lot of exploration between the two of them, but it just seems like such a sweet mother-daughter relationship, right? Like that she remembers that and that they do get to go back and it's not something that's forgotten. I was thinking too, and this maybe this is just in my head, but uh, as I was reading the book, you know, it starts with the little girl and then uh, then it becomes a corduroy story for a while and then she comes back at the end. And I was reading, I was thinking, this seems like almost like a, it's something I could imagine a young child imagining what happens. You know, what she has to leave the bear behind and almost imagining this is what happens to the bear until she sees him again. So almost what everything that happens to him is what's kind of what the little girl is imagining at the same time, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. It's almost like she made all of this up or dreamt it all up and gave Corduroy this little backstory. And we as readers kind of don't know if, this is Lisa's version of what happened or if this really did happen to Corduroy and this is his version. Um, and I kind of love that ambiguity, right? Like, I think it makes it kind of fun. Now, the illustrations, you always talk about picture book, you have to talk about the uh, illustrations. The illustrations um, seem very special. I mean, they remind me a lot of books of this time, and I'm not an illustrator, and I can't explain why that is. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about just the the what the pictures bring to the book along with the text. Yeah, so the pictures, I feel like you nailed it. I don't know what style this is. I'm also not an illustrator, <laughs> but it it does feel like of the of the time. Like when I look at these like the kind of muted colors. There's a lot of yellows. There's a lot of like uh, black ink. It looks like almost scratches, right? That make the shadows. It just feels very 1968 <laughs> to me. And I, I love the depiction of Corduroy. I just think his little face and his fuzzy little body, like he's just the sweetest looking teddy bear. And one I would absolutely want in my house and like missing button or not like i want my own corduroy <laughs> here's a even though his face doesn't change much it's a very expressive face it is like you really feel for this bear and this big adventure and all of these feelings that he's kind of got going on and you know he really goes through it like he's he's yearning i feel like he wants a friend so badly and God, I feel like we've all been there. We all like would really love to have a friend, right? And to find a place that we can call home. And I found that story so relatable. And I was like, oh, this poor kid, like he just, he just wants someone to give him a little hug and not mind that he's got that missing button, right? And I'm wondering, even though they're very different stories, um, um, the story of Corduroy and the story of a Charlie in your own book, do you see some parallels in just sort of thinking about uh, friendship and things like that and, and these two stories? I do, yeah. So I definitely think Corduroy and Charlie both have this kind of there's this like outside world that tells them there's something wrong with them. So for Corduroy, it's that button of his that's no longer on his overalls. And for Charlie, she kind of feels like the world is telling her that her body is imperfect and that she's got to change. And they both, after hearing that, just so badly want to find someone, a friend, a loved one, anybody who is like, I like you just like you are and you don't have to change. 
and they both kind of get lucky and that happens. So that's kind of nice. And I'm wondering, because um, a lot of times we think about uh, picture books um, just for, you know, reading to younger kids. And I always thought picture books, especially really good picture books, are good for any age. And do you think um, it might be a value for a book like this for older kids in either uh, just reading or using an example of plot or even drawing parallels, say, between this and another book, like <laughs> like your own book? Yeah, I really do. I mean, I think you really nailed it when you said there's kind of a lot going on in this book for it being a picture book and and such a, a short story. There is a lot that happens. So we've got, you know, this mother daughter relationship, we've got the adventure, we've got this like big imagination that this bear has, or maybe this little girl Lisa has. And we've got this really sweet friendship. And I think a lot of those things end up being really prominent themes in other works as well. Um, And so I do think this kind of this book works with so many other works of, you know, fiction, whether that's young adult, middle grade, it's adult books. Um, I just think that there's so much here and that we sometimes tend to dismiss picture books as like, oh, that's just for little kids. But there's really so, so much there if you just kind of look a little deeper. There's actually a lot of, uh, I think you're right, a lot of people sort of don't realize just how much artistry and work goes into creating a picture book, both in the text and the illustration. It it's it because they're shorter. I think people think it's it's, it's a simple book, but there's, there's a lot of work that goes into making something seem very simple. Yeah, I actually think it must be tremendously difficult to convey a story with the beginning, middle, and end, get people to feel something, have a conflict, resolve that conflict, (laughs) and then have these beautiful pictures that depict, you know, just short little scenes that you're describing. I think that's a lot of work. You know, I have to say, like, I get spoiled with a young adult book. I've got tens of thousands of words to work with. And I don't know how I would condense a story into just a few pages. Is there a passage from uh, this book that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would love to. So after Lisa and um, her mom leave the department store, Corduroy embarks on his adventure. And this is one of my favorite parts because he has this saying that he kind of returns to throughout the book, um, talking about how he thinks he always must have wanted and then fill in the blank. And I just think it's so sweet. Um, And he's got, it just shows like such his like big dreams and big Mm -hmm. thoughts. And I'm like, I'm very impressed with the small bear. So, okay, so let's get into it. Late that evening when all the shoppers had gone and the doors were shut and locked, Corduroy climbed carefully down from his shelf and began searching everywhere on the floor for his lost button. Suddenly, he felt the floor moving under him. Quite by accident, he had stepped onto the escalator, and up he went. Could this be a mountain, he wondered. I think I've always wanted to climb a mountain. He stepped off the escalator as he reached the next floor, and there, before his eyes, was the most amazing sight— Tables and chairs and lamps and sofas and rows and rows of beds. This must be a palace, Corduroy gasped. I guess I've always wanted to live in a palace. 
So this little passage, I think, is just so sweet. And I think it captures so much of just general childlike innocence that when you're a kid, everything is so incredible, right? Like (laughs) he's going up the escalator and he's like, this is a mountain for sure. And I have always wanted to climb a mountain. And I just think that's so sweet. And I see a lot of that in my toddler. So she can't really speak yet, but she is amazed by absolutely everything. And it's little things like we're going on a walk and I wouldn't even look on the ground and suddenly she's crouching down and she's got a rock in her hand. And to her, it's the most beautiful rock in the world. And I'm like, yeah, that's a rock. I would have walked right past it. (laughs) And so I really love this for corduroy because I, I think kids do have this just beautiful sense of wonder and delight that we kind of lose as we get older. Um, but I really, I really do appreciate that, that picture books capture that and that kids just have these amazing little brains that (laughs) have them kind of marvel at the world around them. So it's a ride up an escalator becomes an epic adventure. Exactly. I would never think that. And it's because I'm old. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm much older, believe me. <laughs> so, but I'm still trying to every once in a while, try to, you know, look at things with, you know, as if I were a young child. So try to I try to come back to that every once in a while or remind myself to do that. Yeah, same. I, I do think there is something really special about trying to rekindle that marvel and that just wonder and excitement and go with the flow as kids are so good at doing. Um, Because I know as I get older, you know, sometimes it's hard. It's like I've got my routine and I just want to stick to it. Um, And so I feel like when I read books like these, it just kind of reminds me to take a step back and to really enjoy the little things in life. Um, and I definitely feel like that has been underscored during this very tough last year that we've had in this pandemic, where I find myself missing the smallest things like going on a drive to work on a regular day and kind of marveling at like the trees and how they're sprouting little leaves and oh, that means spring is coming. So I mean, I just want to try and take more time for myself to appreciate those little things. Good advice for all of us, I believe. Yes. (laughs) Well, uh, Crystal, uh, thank you so much for both taking the time uh, to talk to me about your own book, uh, Fat Chance Charlie Vega, which I said I enjoyed a great deal and looking forward to your next book. And also thank you for uh, talking to me about Corduroy, which gave me a chance to reread a book I hadn't read in a long time and for talking to me about it today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast, and I encourage everyone to go pick up Corduroy and give it a read if you haven't. You can find Crystal's website at www.crystalwrote.com. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music, titled All Together, is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art was created through Canva, which can be found at www.canva.com. You can find the Dream Gardens podcast website at jleemott.com and my author website at jodyleemott.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at dreamgardensjlm. 
The Dream Gardens Podcast is available through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading.